You're listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Ron Chamellis, reporter and columnist with the Springfield Republican newspaper, and Elizabeth Roman, also with the Republican as a reporter and editor, and with El Pueblo Latino. Ron, Liz, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Many children in western Massachusetts in a mental health crisis are struggling to get the services they need. Waits for an inpatient placement can take more than a month, and there's a shortage of therapists to work with young people. Ellie Dutoy is with Behavioral Health Network, and she says helping a child through a mental health crisis should go further than just hospitalization. They can be given medications, they can be given coping skills, um, but ultimately there needs to be um, like that long-term therapy and treatment. Right now, there are no inpatient psychiatric hospital beds for children in Western Mass. About two dozen are expected to be made available in Springfield and Holyoke in the coming weeks. Ron, this is a very complex issue. Does there need to be a more cohesive strategy among stakeholders and government officials in Western Mass to deal with this situation? I think that's absolutely true. Uh, Cohesive is a word I would have picked out because We're dealing with the psychiatric needs of kids, still something that a lot of people really don't want to admit is as big an issue as it is. Uh, And it's going to linger after the pandemic, you can bet on that. But we have the schools, we have the hospitals, we have families and parents, and they're all working kind of on separate islands on this. And we have the government. Uh, There has to be some coordination if we're going to have a better service than we have now. And it's very obvious that we need a better, more coordinated system than we currently have. Liz, in this three-part series we aired this week on children and mental health crisis, some parents expressed hope that the pandemic would expose the shortcomings in mental health care and could actually lead to progress. What do you think? Um, I think it's definitely proven how important socialization and schools are for children, uh, if if nothing else comes from it. I think that a lot of um, people don't understand how or don't think about how important it is for kids to be able to interact with other kids, to see their friends, to see other adults that they trust. They may not have the best family life. So when they go to school and they have a teacher or they have an athletic coach that they trust and that they feel comfortable with, that gives them a sense of security and a sense of appreciation and love that, um, that maybe you didn't even think that they they needed. So yeah, I mean, I think it certainly exposed it. And I think that mental health as a whole for adults and for children has become a priority because of the pandemic. It's not that those issues weren't there before. It's just that we're noticing them more now. Recent numbers from state education officials show more young people graduating from the Springfield Public Schools and fewer students dropping out. Over an eight-year period ending last year, the graduation rate was up more than 20 points to 77%, while the dropout rate fell from 10 to 3%. School Superintendent Dan Warwick says the most dramatic gains were at the High School of Science and Technology, which is designated as underperforming by the state. Their dropout rate went from 11.7% to 2%. Their graduation rate, the four-year rate, went from 399 to 85.6%. Liz, you wrote about this. Did you get a sense of what sorts of strategies are working to keep Springfield students in school? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different things that have been going on for quite a while. I mean, graduation and dropout have, have been big issues for the district and been kind of some of their main goals. So looking at things like graduation coaches, so people specifically focusing on seniors that may be at risk of not graduating, uh, offering online portals for students to make up credit, what's called credit recovery, essentially being able to, you know, quick pace 
get the credits that they need in order to be able to graduate on time. I did speak with school committee uh, member Latonia Naylor about it, and she did point out a fact that, you know, kids didn't have to take MCAS this past year, and that definitely probably made a difference for students that would have gotten certificate of attainments and now have been able to get a high school diploma. So it makes you wonder about um, about the MCAS and its future and how that will affect graduation rates moving forward. Now, Ron, the state data goes through the end of last school year, the start of the pandemic, when everything was upended. But since then, Warwick says attendance figures have remained solid, even in virtual learning. What's your takeaway from all of this? Well, my takeaway is that I think I hang around the wrong people, because the people I hang around with say, well, they're just pushing them through and the numbers cannot be trusted. I don't I don't agree with that. I think the Springfield teachers have worked extremely hard. If you're a diligent teacher, teaching remote is more exhausting, I'm told than teaching in-person school, and I believe that. And, and I think these numbers are a real tribute to what they've done. I think as pandemic numbers come in, we'll, we'll get a better idea, but I, I think for them to hold the ship together as well as they have up until this point is, is remarkable. And I think as Liz said, there's more of a focus on looking at kids, why are they struggling? Let's try to nip it in the bud before they get to the end of their fourth year and they can't graduate or they drop out. I, I give them credit for these numbers. Sticking with items our guests have written about, Ron, you had a column this week where you talked about dealing with some fatigue from all the pandemic-related statistics we've been hearing about. Tell us more. Well, I just don't see the newsworthy point of it. And I refer to how on a couple of the major networks, almost all the time when you turn on the screen, you'll see those numbers in a box. I don't think that's educating people. I'm not a Pollyanna about this. This pandemic has cost us more than I think we've even imagined at the beginning. But to have it constantly pounded on us numerically, uh, I, I think that chips away at our optimism, at our resilience. Those are the qualities I think we need now. And I think those are the qualities a lot of people have. And then they turn on, and they see these you know, hundreds of thousands, and it's discouraging. Uh, I don't think we're better off for that. I think we should pick and choose how we treat these numbers and not have a 24-7 barrage of them. Liz, are you feeling some of the same things as your colleague? I mean, I think personally I am, but just to play a little devil's advocate, I think that a lot of people still aren't taking it seriously. I mean, you look at spring break and people going out without their masks, they're getting vaccinated and think that they're completely immune now. And so maybe you need to give people a little bit of that fear. You need to give them a constant reminder that this isn't over and that while we should be optimistic and hopeful for our future, we also can't take this as a joke or as something that has passed. So I can understand the constant need to have it up to show the seriousness of it. Personally, I don't watch television news so it doesn't affect me at all because i i never i never see it <laughs> can i can i defend me really quickly uh th- some of those people aren't going to listen to anything if they haven't listened by now i hate to say they're hopeless but they're hopeless but i do understand liz's point too all right ron chamelis with the republican and elizabeth roman also with the republican and el pueblo latino thanks for being with us today thank you thank you and thank you for listening to The Shortlist, any PMs we can review. You can catch us at any time, wherever you get your podcasts, or at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media.